Welcome back to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. I'm Vincent Lancy, speaker and author of the book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. If you want to know what it's really like to be an entrepreneur, well, you came to the right place. Whether you're already an entrepreneur or looking to start your journey tomorrow, or maybe just someone who needs a little extra motivation to get through the day, this is the perfect podcast for you. This is the place where you will learn exactly what it's like in the world of entrepreneurship and hear authentic stories of entrepreneurs grinding on each episode. My goal for this podcast is to help you realize that giving up is never an option. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to download it after you tune in today. Before I introduce my guest, I'll share an entrepreneurial story to inspire you all. Today, I'll introduce the journey of Jean Brownhill Lawyer. She founded the company Sweeten, which connects home renovators with contractors who have had a background check and have been vetted. She didn't realize that she was broke until she thinks about how many times she had to push start her mother's car because she couldn't afford to get a new starter. She also recalls, a, and I quote, an actual crack house being a few houses down from her. She knew architecture was her passion and she always wanted to do this since she was a young girl. She shared a wonderful story from when she was 13 years old, how she wanted a new couch, but they could not afford one. So she put a layaway plan with her babysitting money until she finished paying it in total. Oh, that was a very inspiring story. And Debbie, have you ever heard of her journey before? I had not. I mean, I saw it when you shared a little bit before, but what a journey. Absolutely. The voice you just heard is, my, is today's guest. My guest today is someone who I've networked with when I first started speaking, and she became a great friend ever since. She's one of the hardest workers I know, and she has an impressive portfolio with a ton of accomplishments that you will learn about soon. Most important, I think she's an amazing, amazing person, and she has given me valuable advice over the years and helped me grow. My guest today is Debbie Lumberg. Debbie, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Can you please share your story and what you're working on today after? Sure. So the story goes back to, I really have to take you back to college, believe it or not, which could sound like a long journey. And in the interest of brevity, I really looked, I was at the University of Michigan. Did I want to go into teaching or did I want to go into business? And really the dollar won out. And I don't say that with anything but pure respect for teachers. I believe that they're underpaid. I, I just took a journey for communication, found out that I could definitely work with with that, with the communication side of it and the training and development and ended up working in General Motors and loved it. Went out into the field, had a lot of opportunities there. And in that experience, started training Dell Carnegie, training throughout the United States. Was one of the first females to go out and call on dealers in the field in Southwest Louisiana. And I was just naive enough not to realize that it was set up probably to fail, but I had a ball and it was successful thanks to other women and men being supportive of it. And getting to teach Carnegie was a, a wonderful compliment to it. And that allowed me to meet different people. And when I ended up in a national position, I met my husband, uh, not within the organization, but through a blind date. <laughs> and everything progressed beautifully. And then we were going to consolidate things from Tampa back up to Michigan for the legal and product allegation side of it for General Motors. And my husband told me he didn't want to live in Michigan, which <laughs> surprised me, not because I thought it was great to live in Michigan, but surprised me because I'd lived all over for the company. And so while I really enjoyed it, I thought about would we want to live separately? And in my mind, 
I was going to leave likely when I was 40 and somehow I thought magically when I was 40 people would listen to me <laughs> and Michael to his credit just said just do it now so at 33 I approached the person who I worked for and said I, I don't want to quit I love what I'm doing I'd like to retire in seven months and he said I can't sign off on that nobody retires at 34 but he told me I like to say he was he was not a political person he was politically aware though that he said he couldn't on his reputation necessarily support something like that but if I could get five others to sign off on it at his level or higher then that would be great so being at that entry-level executive position I was excited that he was open to it and I said look I'll do anything in between so I, I did I did a lot of things in that seven months in between still loved my position and then did a full retirement which allowed me to realize that money and seed my business before I started my practice though I worked for a consulting company for a year continued to train Dale Carnegie training and I was very upfront with the consulting firm that I plan to have my own business, my own practice. So I'll likely only be here a year. And I think they thought, sure, sure. And I said, I'll do a great job. I just want to learn some other things. Yeah. And in the end, I had two non-competes and I started my practice in 2006 and I honored those non-competes. So for the first couple of years, I primarily worked in real estate and mortgage because I didn't have non-competes with Carnegie where I became that instructor of the year or with General Motors, of course, because there wasn't a non-compete or with uh, Dale Carnegie training. And I still love GM, I love everything that I experienced, refer people to Carnegie, and that time with the consulting firm was great. So the business launched as Debbie Lundberg Inc. because people, I'm not from Tampa, and people didn't know my name, so I could say it twice. When I introduced myself, I would say, hi, I'm Debbie Lundberg from Debbie Lundberg Inc. Then it became Debbie Lundberg Life and Business Coaching, and now it's presenting PowerPlay. That's the journey and what I'm working on right now is, is uh, attempting to get all of the requests for 2020 in and it's a great challenge to have because I'm so appreciative that people are already booking out into September, October, November of next year for talks and engagements. Well, that's great. Thanks for sharing all of that, Debbie. I can't wait for everybody listening to see how you got there and how you accomplished these things and these questions. So let's sure. go into the big five. Each episode, I go over these five questions with my guests to help everybody listening in what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. You ready to get going? I am ready. Cool. When did you realize that you weren't happy with what you were doing? We touched a little bit or that you just needed a change. When did you get to, if you could do some details sure. so, so I look at happiness, perhaps the way some people look at happiness is I'm a happy person. And so my situation either enhances or deters from the happiness. And really I have nothing but good things to say about the opportunities I had with General Motors. I had some really, difficult challenging people who i worked with which taught me a lot and i had a couple of supporters which was wonderful so i wasn't unhappy i just realized that I, like i said i believe your happiness is your own and you either have things that hinder or or amplify it and my husband being in my life amplified my happiness and i didn't want to live separately and he's successful in what he does so i didn't want to take away from that so it really became the timing of it was best to go and start my practice after getting some more experience. I did realize though that I didn't have quite enough experience. Even though I had the business acumen from General Motors, I had the MBA that they'd supported me for, the undergrad, I'd, I'd had the Carnegie facilitation. I didn't really know how to price things. I didn't know 
the contract side because I'd only bought services, never sold services, or I delivered. So that's when I thought, hmm, as I make this change, it's probably, although in my mind I thought I would launch my practice right away, I figured it was better to go work for a consulting firm and be upfront with them. And so that's what the catalyst was, was wanting to live with Michael. <laughs> and thankfully, <laughs> I'm still glad I made that decision and hopefully he is too. And yeah. we're what's called Team Lundberg. So as a team, we figured it out and uh, appreciate that support. And now it's gone beyond what I could have ever imagined. Yeah, you guys are doing so well. I'm happy for you both. Thank what you. are what are two of the most difficult parts you'd say to being an entrepreneur on that laundry list of difficult items? Mm -hmm. Where are you gonna pick off it? So so sure. So a couple of the challenges are, and this is a bit of an annoyance. I mean, I get to write an etiquette column for Tampa Bay Business and Wealth magazine. So I, I do get to voice some of these things that, you know, it's really challenging when people say, Oh, I'd love to pick your brain on something. And so what that says to an entrepreneur who has value and skill is you just want to take things for free. And while I do a pro bono a month and I do a lot with, with mentoring, it's really insulting to say that to someone because if somebody has a skill set, you want to value that. And so that's a challenge because a lot of people will even say to me, let me take you out to breakfast or lunch because I want to discuss something. I I get away with it because I smile and, and you know my personality. I say, well, I don't work for food. Yeah. So that's a challenge as an entrepreneur. And another challenge is people believe you just set your own schedule. And to a certain extent, for some people you do, but it's not that you're setting a schedule that's quote unquote of ease. Most of us are setting a, a breakneck, breakneck pace because we love it. And so for somebody to say, oh, you're lucky you have your business or you get to do these things. And sometimes I think when I was stranded in Houston overnight because of a flight, it didn't feel very quote unquote lucky, but I'd rather be there than anywhere else because it was part of my business and my practice. So the two challenges are that people don't respect the work that people put in and that people will sometimes be not be insensitive to this idea of luck when in fact we're making it happen. I really appreciate the insight and that answer. It's some things, it comes up a lot in the episodes, how certain positions or certain career outlooks are for some people, but the entrepreneurs like us, sometimes it's 2 a.m. till 2 a.m., mm -hmm. you know, especially with your schedule traveling from engagement to engagement. Right. You get paid for those hours. Sometimes I set my availability, but I don't get the ease of schedule. Sometimes if things happen in a row, that's not very convenient for me, but this is the job I chose. So great exactly. answer. Thank you, Debbie, so much. What You're would you welcome. say one of your biggest failures was throughout your career? And what did it teach you? Or maybe before your career as a childhood memory, what molded you? Were you saying, hey, I remember this still? Sure. Well, I'd say from a business perspective that I trusted people too much. And it's, it, I don't want to ever lose my faith in people or the idea that I believe in people. At the same time, a fairly well-known organization we went on to plan for an engagement and I bought a ticket on good faith and then they went dark. They never reimbursed me. I had my lawyer involved and through that learning, I certainly learned that I have things set up differently. There must be a contract signed. Even when I do a pro bono, I've shared that with you. Yes. People sign off on a zeroed out invoice and in my contracts, it says I will wear a dress and I will fly Southwest. 
because number one, that's my brand. And number two, Southwest Airlines, you can cancel things and, and have those funds put back in the travel fund. Yeah. It's not because of the few hundred dollars. It's because of the respect for what works best and what I've learned. So unfortunately, that was a miss that my trusting led me to feel really, I felt deceived and I felt disappointed. And then I realized it was because I didn't have the respect and the practices in place. And, and really I coach people on business practices. So that was years ago, thankfully. <laughs> and now I keep those practices in place. And when I ever get tempted not to, I remind myself of the fact that there's risk involved and there could be another miss if I, if I don't stick with it. I think it's another really valuable answer for everybody listening in. Your time is very valuable. It's not about the $200 for the flight. It's about, I reserve this time for you mm -hmm. and respect my schedule. You're great, right. Great answer. I'm intrigued by this next one with you, Debbie, since I've known you for quite some time. Who would you pick to have a conversation with of any entrepreneur, dead or alive? Why'd you pick them? What are you talking about? Sure. So my husband and I talk about this quite a bit of a golf foursome. And I eke in that I would have patties so that I could have eight people. But since you asked for only one and it's about an entrepreneur, I choose Dale Carnegie. And as I mentioned earlier, I was fortunate to facilitate Dale Carnegie training for years at Junkly throughout the United States. The real story behind Dale Carnegie training is it consistently comes up the book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Even though it was written before most everybody was alive, now, it, be, it is still one of the most influential books. And then going through the Dale Carnegie training, I have a very brief story I'll share in that. Yes, please. There was one woman who I worked with when I was an intern and when I was first working for General Motors. And because she was the only woman in leadership, I really, I admired her. I was probably borderline obsessed with everything she did because she was a person I could identify with. And she took Dale Carnegie training and would have me listen to her talks. And when I came on as a full-time employee, I said, do you think I could possibly take the course? And she said, oh, I don't know. And she went on about that it would be a big deal. And she ended up telling me that the only place for me to go was at another location. And so I went to this other location with people who I didn't know. And after I went through the course, it was so empowering and confidence building. And I made great friends that when I finished and I was really working later in my career, I learned that everybody had that at that time and I could have gone where we worked. And so there were a few lessons. I learned a lot about confidence and I also learned, it sounds like our theme is trust, but I learned that she seemed like she was being very supportive and at the same time she was keeping me at arm, arm's length. So the reason I would want to talk to Del Carnegie is that through all of this and even these couple of stories I've shared with you, I have such belief in people and I would love to talk with him about going door to door and how he was attempting to be a salesperson and he and his wife, Dorothy, how that she wrote books and how they had such a positive influence and still continue to do so. And I would love any extra nugget from him and thoughts on how to carry things through. Because one of my favorite quotations is from him is there are, there are three presentation three speeches he uses the word speeches there are always three speeches for the one you gave the one you you wrote the one you practiced or excuse me the one you gave 
the one you wish you gave the one <laughs> that you thought you would, you know, that one that you've yeah. written or practiced. And I share that with people as I was paraphrasing it when I coach presentation skills, because Mr. Carnegie wasn't perfect. He had lots of challenges and yet people to this day are still inspired by him. So I would, I would take a minute or an hour or a day, whatever I could get with him to learn more. Well, thanks so much, Debbie, for coming on and sharing all that valuable advice with our listeners. I really enjoyed your, your thought, your in-depth response for the difficult parts of being an entrepreneur. And that's a lot of things that people are always thinking, but no one will say. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that to the table. And I enjoyed, your, I enjoyed your greatest failure, how you kind of just put your head down and you did it. You didn't look back and you just made it happen, even when it got tough. But it's time for the last word. Is there something you'd like to share with everybody listening that you didn't get a chance to touch on today? Absolutely. So a few things come to mind with my Lenbergisms. And one thing that I'd say is it's three parts of a last word, so to speak, is know your value, number one. Number two, value your value. And number three, honor your value. What I mean by that is stay in your lane, not to limit yourself, but know your true value. I speak on communications, behaviors, and relationships. I provide four things, keynotes and talks, strategy and facilitation, teaming and training, and executive presence coaching. And my joke is nobody asked me to come in and talk about finances, and that's, and nor should they. So know your value means know where you really have your expertise and strength. Value your value, so price it appropriately. And not to be greedy, to be, to be realistic, know where others are. I don't believe in competition. I believe in cooperation that if we know where each other is, then we can assist each other. And sometimes I'm not the right person, so I like to refer. So that's value your value. And then honor your value means don't discount. And I may give considerations or appreciation. I don't discount. And I mentioned earlier, have people sign off on what that value is so that you're honoring it. And nobody can devalue you. It's only if you accept it. So I'm big on the idea of value and that personal pride in, in knowing your value means that people will respect that. Yeah, I'm glad you've helped instill that into my blood and DNA as of the years I've spoken to you and gotten to network with you over the years. But please share your social media or your website, Debbie, so that way our listeners can maybe request your services, follow your endeavors. Absolutely. So there, I do have a TED Talk coming up at TED Talk West Shore, which is May 1st in Tampa. So that's exciting and tickets are for sale there. And that's available at TEDx West Shore. My website is my name, which is debbielundberg.com. And it's D-E-B-B-I-E-L-U-N-D as in David, B as in boy, E-R-G.com. And my handle on almost all social media is Debbie Lundberg, unless you want to Venmo me, which I don't think that's what you're asking. So. <laughs> but she won't object. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is the Business of Life Masterclass podcast. And so you can follow uh, my, my colleague and partner at the Business of Life Masterclass on Facebook and on Instagram. And uh, Vince, you were kind enough to be on as one of our guests and we appreciate that. Yeah, I have that on my website as well, guys. If yeah. you go into my website or the podcast section, you can find Debbie's podcast under my features. And Debbie, was there anything else you wanted to share? Thank you so much for that. And I best wishes on all you're doing and thanks for including me. Of course, everybody listening in, make sure you follow the show on Instagram at your favorite morning podcast and on Twitter at Podcasts by Lancey. You can follow me on all social media and YouTube at Vincent A. Lancey, as well as my website, vincentalancey.com. Make sure you grab my book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption on Amazon now and DM me or email me. Let me know what you think.
If you enjoyed today's episode, please continue listening and rate what it's really like to be an entrepreneur five stars. I try to find value delivering stories like Debbie on each episode for you. As always, I'll end the show with a quote that inspired me, and I know it will for you all too. I believe that if no one always looked at the skies, one would end up with wings. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all in the next episode of what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. Stay in your lane, not to limit yourself, but know your true value. I speak on communications, behaviors, and relationships. I provide four things, keynotes and talks, strategy and facilitation, teaming and training, and executive presence coaching. And my joke is nobody asked me to come in and talk about finances. And that's, and nor should they. So know your value means know where you really have your expertise and strength. Value your value, so price it appropriately. And not to be greedy, to be to be realistic, know where others are. I don't believe in competition. I believe in cooperation that if we know where each other is, then we can assist each other. And sometimes I'm not the right person, so I like to refer. So that's value your value. And then honor your value means don't discount. And I may give considerations or appreciation. I don't discount. And I mentioned earlier, have people sign off on what that value is so that you're honoring it and nobody can devalue you. It's only if you accept it. So I'm big on the idea of value and that personal pride in, in knowing your value means that people will respect that. Yeah, I'm glad you've helped instill that into my blood and DNA as of the years I've spoken to you and gotten to network with you over the years. But please share your social media or your website, Debbie, so that way our listeners can maybe request your services, follow your endeavors. Absolutely. So there, I do have a TED Talk coming up at TED Talk West Shore, which is May 1st in Tampa. So that's exciting and tickets are for sale there. And that's available at TEDx West Shore. My website is my name, which is debbielundberg.com. And it's D-E-B-B-I-E-L-U-N-D as in David, B as in boy, E-R-G.com. And my handle on almost all social media is Debbie Lundberg. Unless you want to Venmo me, which I don't think that's what you're asking. So, but she <laughs> won't object, yeah. yeah. The other thing is the Business of Life Masterclass podcast. And so you can follow uh, my, my colleague and partner at the Business of Life Masterclass on Facebook and on Instagram. And uh, Vince, you were kind enough to be on as one of our guests, and we appreciate that. Yeah, I have so that on my easy. website as well, guys. If yeah. you go into my website or the podcast section, you can find Debbie's podcast under my features. And Debbie, was there anything else you wanted to share? Thank you so much for that. And I best wishes on all you're doing. And thanks for including me. Of course, everybody listening in, make sure you follow the show on Instagram at your favorite morning podcast and on Twitter at podcasts by Lancey. You can follow me on all social media and YouTube at Vincent A. Lancey, as well as my website, vincentalancey.com. Make sure you grab my book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption on Amazon now and DM me or email me. Let me know what you think. If you enjoyed today's episode, please continue listening and rate what it's really like to be an entrepreneur five stars. I try to find value delivering stories like Debbie on each episode for you. As always, I'll end the show with a quote that inspired me and I know it will for you all too. I believe that if no one always looked at the skies, one would end up with wings. Thanks for listening and I'll see you all in the next episode of what it's really like to be an entrepreneur.